Pickaxe. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Triforce Podcast. That's right, it's me and uh, and Lewis and Flax, and we're back. Boy, are we feisty today! I think. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, chaps? I uh, I got a I got a question for you guys. All right, when I, right. I was trying to get to sleep last night, and I was imagining uh, I, I've been watching a few sort of older movies lately in my in my spare time, and one of right. the ones I watched, I, I love this film, The Andromeda Strain. Have you seen it? I I've never seen the movie, but I read the book. So the uh, book's when really was, good, uh, of course. When I was young, yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. Michael Crichton, I think. Yeah. Um. So the the film is a classic of this sort of the the era. It's quite slow, it's quite sort of methodical, but then it ramps up the drama as it goes on. It's well worth a watch, but the whole point is that this uh, satellite returns to Earth and it's got something mysterious on it. They think it might be some kind of disease and it wipes out this town. That's how the film opens, that's how the book opens, with them seeing this town, everyone's dead apart from two people. So it's like right. a nice little mystery, a sort of science mystery thing. Yes. Um, but my favorite bit is when he's introducing them to the facility where he's like, this is level four, where we eat and dine. And of course, everything is completely sterile, you know, and he's sort of running them through this perfectly planned uh, sort of virus facility where it's got like a nuclear bomb underneath so that if, if the virus is about to get out, they can blow it up. Like it's all this kind of setup that you can tell Michael Crichton sat down and penned out. Hmm, if I was designing some kind of uh, potentially deadly space virus facility, what would it look like? Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, what if there was like uh, some kind of safe haven underground that we were designing that would that would uh, ensure the future of humanity should some catastrophe be about to strike? There might even be something like this already, but I was yeah, just there imagining... Is, isn't there, they have a couple of them in the uh, in the US, right? They've got um, some like underground bunkers. facilities for yeah. the president and uh, and the high ups to uh, retreat to in, in case of a nuclear war. Because of course. They, a big thing, especially during the Cold War, was the continuity of the of the, the government, uh, government yeah, throughout yeah. right they they needed to they needed to survive a nuclear war and then rebuild afterwards and make sure that they rebuild faster than the soviets and so, so they, i think though they do exist there's a there's a bunch of them i don't know how, how... big can they be is my point so well... I'm, I'm thinking i'm sure they have got all these bunkers i'm pretty sure one of them is like in a mountain or something like yes that. so i'm saying we'll need more than that because yeah. we're going to need to preserve more well, how stuff. many people are you looking to save? Well, this is what I'm saying. We need to plan this. So I think th- they only wanted to save about ten people. You know, they they're really <laughs> wow. important people. Yeah, just ten guys. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not concerned with saving millions. You know, I, I think they they just sort of said we probably need about twenty. 20, 20 important 20 guys, people to keep the, the, keep me, the, the whole thing running. And yeah. 19 Victoria's Secret models. I think that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's how we're going to that's how we're going to reproduce uh, po- post post nuclear war. We're going to I am going to have sex with every one of those models multiple multiple times over the well, course no, of many on. years. It's very Doctor Strange love, isn't it? That's, that's what... not actually good though. It has to be like minimum like 50 individuals to repopulate. Right. Yeah. Um you need two you you'd need two uh rams as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> two rams. You need two rams and uh <laughs> just to, and and then you'd probably need to do some um you, you might need to do some some uh some ball cutting off of and stuff with the, <laughs> the baby. Talking about. <laughs> well, you know, because you don't want them like uh, having sex with their sisters and stuff as well. You know, like uh, if it, it's going to be a weird society. They're not going to have a lot of. Well, I suppose they will have way more time to explain why it's not good to have sex with your sister. I guess because uh, they've got nothing else to do down there. After, you know what I mean? So like maybe it's not <laughs> such a such a concern. You know, why do we need rams? I'm sorry. Who are we trying to repopulate? I think he's saying here? that you just need two men yes. to repopulate oh. and a whole bunch of women. Like. 
Yes. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't that's, think how that's how it works. Good. No. Um, so no. I, I, think I was it would, imagining. I think it'd be fine. We could run the numbers. I think it would work out. <laughs> I think if, if you had like, even if you had like 500 women and you didn't fuck each other, I think the genetic inbreeding would be out of yeah, control. Because essentially quickly. every child is going to be a cousin, right? Or a, a yeah. stepbrother or stepsister. Everyone's a cousin forever. Yeah. So whatever <laughs> um, genetic uh, problems you, you've got, the, the two rams, yeah. you are automatically handing down to every future generation. Mm. So you need an, an equal number of, of uh, men and women, and you need genetically diverse. So you want people from all over the world. Um, so here was my question, right? <clears throat> let's imagine that we build this underground haven, and let's imagine that we, we find some huge cave underground, huge system of caves, and we sort of smooth it all out. We put support structures in. It's yeah. in an area with low tectonic activity, so it's very unlikely that it's going to be like earthquakes or anything like that. Like billion to one chance. Right. Um, it's stable and secure in structurally. We're going to have elevator shafts leading back up to the surface, but you know it's going to be very, very controlled about who can go up there and stuff like that. Because I, I watched Silo, and in Silo, it's yeah. kind of like a shitty end of this, like where the Silo sucks. Like it, it it's awful. But I'm thinking, how could we design one that would actually be good? And I was thinking that the biggest problem you're going to have, let's say we can get the structure, we can get water from underground springs that are all uncontaminated. We've got a way, ways to grow food down there. For a start, everyone's going to have to move to a plant-based diet because we can't afford the, the space for animals and, and raising livestock and stuff like that. Ah, maybe this them. is how we convince him, Lewis. Maybe this is how we get him around. <laughs> yeah, just a little apocalypse. And I'm, you're right, I'm on the, yeah. I'm on the, uh, the vegetarian train. Um, but I'm thinking if there's underground, if there's water areas, we could potentially have fish uh, and and, uh, and other sort of uh, aquatic uh, things down there that we could eat. So we might be able to have fish farms and things like that. Um, we've solved light. You know, we've got ultraviolet lights or whatever to, 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 to replicate the sun so we could grow plants. Um, we have geothermal power, uh, all of those things. But yeah. do you guys think, I was thinking about skill sets and like skills. <laughs> right. We've got all these people. We get the very best doctors, the very best engineers, the very best scientists and computer technicians and all of these things, um, me mechanics, everything to keep everything running. If you have a sort of distribution curve of all the doctors in the world, say, and you get the best few. Yeah. Um, you're only ever going to get worse, aren't you, when it comes to skills? So or in future. Yeah. So my concern is that the population spread that we get in the early years might well be really functional and amazing, and everybody's brilliant at what they do. And, you know, you get good personality types. So maybe the best doctor in the world is a bit of a dick. So you get the second best, yeah. who's a really, you know, good guy. And you're sort of you're like, all right, cool. So we balance this out. But the, the next generation of doctors and mechanics and all the rest of it, you're just going to have to hope that they're going to be as good as these ones. And well, if they're not, then you've got the middle of the pack. By definition, they're going to be average. Over time, it'll just get... It'll get progressively worse as the inbreeding <laughs> intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm, I think we're, we're gonna, we're gonna counter the inbreeding. We're gonna say that we have a very careful. I don't know system. if you can actually. I think, I think you, you could. You'd have to. I mark think the whole people. thing is doomed. I think it's like a slow ticking time bomb of inbreds down there. There's a thing called the minimal, minimal viable population, and that is says that but you need about 500 individuals to stop drift, genetic drift. Anyway, I think what you're talking about here is very similar to the idea of like um, a, a, a generation ship going right, off right, to, right. A, to a colonize another yeah. solar system or something. Full you know, of Mormons. Like, like, what's the. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, the, uh, the idea as well is like, I don't think it's very hard to tell who the best doctor is, right? Or the best at something is, right? Because people are limited by their own ability that's got to be dr. Even, dr dre right he's got to well, be the, yeah. the best i think doctor. we have this mis misid mis misidea in 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 that the, the people are inherently better than others um it really does depend doesn't it on 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 situations and luck and i think if you got the best doctor i doubt that that would make more than a 10 percent difference based off like an average doctor you know to, to his performance if you like or keeping people alive but you don't really need that in this situation. You just need people to survive long enough to have reproduced and, you know, and not have the whole thing fall apart. Like, yeah, I, uh, like obviously living in space is going to fuck you up in a number of ways. You're going to get all the cosmic rays and you're going to be in zero gravity or who knows what you're going to be eating weird shit. You're not going to be getting even UV light won't give you the same experience as living on Earth, you know you probably won't live as long or you'll die earlier in space. But yeah. does that matter if you die five years earlier? Like you don't live to 80? Like pff, probably not. Like, you know, 
I think there's this the whole this a it's a whole can of worms and a whole overly complicated nightmare. So, but we need to, we need to, to like create this control this balance. This We've got ten thousand years until we you'd can have to preserve the, the uh, you'd have to preserve the uh, knowledge that exists right. on the internet as well. So right? you have huge knowledge bases. Like we, yeah. we we there's a lot of information. You you save everything that you can. Yeah, you have you know the seed there's bank. Gonna I be... think it's in Norway. That seed bank that they've got. It's believe it or not, it's for plant seed. They have it's not a sperm bank. It's like no. seeds. You have that. Yeah. On, you know you have one of those secure. So as much stuff as we can get from the surface that we're going to need later, we stuff it down underground. We're going to lose almost all animal life. Well, almost the other thing it. we're going to lose is al almost all our ability to create things. The reason why we have such powerful computers and such good knowledge and such the, such things that let us have this modern life is because there's so many of us and so diverse and so much economies of scale, so many yeah. things being done on this huge scale. If you had to go back and make your own food, for example, if you had to make your own food in your garden, you'd make a lot less food, right, overall, yeah, yeah. Would, than if yeah. a company was doing it. And it's that same idea for technology. You're never going to be able to, with your 500 people in the Fallout bunker, recreate an iPhone, right? That's no. just not going to happen. Right? Right. No, just... we're, we are spoiled for resource up here but as it's well, not, right? It's, like, it's we have... almost everything. Like Even yeah. like steel, you know, you might not have the space to make, because that's made in such a huge... Yeah. You know, these huge spaces, these huge factories using huge amounts of resources like yeah, limestone. Things. Exactly. Like, you know, food, like, food production like itself, I think people underestimate the, the scale required, even for 500 people would be enormous. You'd, you'd have to grow and maintain so much food and there'd be no margin for error either. You'd have mm -hmm. to really be spot on with it. Like, I don't think it's, I think people kind of think, yeah, that's important. But like, uh, you, they automatically, when they're talking about this kind of stuff, they're like, how are we going to make uh, smartphones while we're down there? It's like, well, you're not. You're you're going to be struggling to eat and you'll die within like five years, probably. Well, like, depends, you're, you're not going to do anything fun down there. It'll it be really if, miserable. You've got to understand, like, maybe it's been set up so there's way more food being grown than there are people. And that could be a good setup. But if you let uncontrolled population growth it will grow to the size that yeah. can be fed yeah, right? yeah that is how things work like everything that we have around us i i was thinking about this this week and i don't know how true it is but i feel like everything around us is a product of of evolution and and the the taking the path of least resistance you know everyone every everything we see around us is largely due to people just doing the easiest thing <laughs> yeah well i, I mean and we that's we, we've we we've created stuff. convenience uh, over a very long period of time, right? So that we don't have to to do all the the hard stuff anymore, right? Like in 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 modern life, I mean, we 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 don't really know how to do anything. We take pretty much everything for granted, right? Like the the fact that everything just works and that we are able to order food to our house whenever we want to and, and do all the, these things and we, stuff. Well, we've just become well, we uniquely just specialized. It's yeah. not like, when you, when you say we, you mean me, you, and normal people. Yeah, but it middle, does apply to everyone. people from the West, yeah. Because obviously there are people who actually have specialized and do make these things happen. There are very, very smart people. I'm not That's saying they're we're getting very them. smart we're people. Not not, we're not getting in. Like, I'm not no. being funny. We ain't getting in, lads. Yeah, well, what we're if they want somebody... Useful, what if they, no. they need some... Uh, they need to watch uh, eight hours of uh, farming simulator every day, though. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I'm, I would be good in that. What if they need someone to, to who knows about all the 80s sci-fi movies? Yeah, you know? true, true. Yeah, you might... Uh, they might want to do a pub quiz down there and... Uh, there might be some... Maybe they might regret the, not um, taking us in. Maybe the aliens would be listening to all the transmissions from the 60s and 70s, and your knowledge of cinema, PFLAX, is exactly what we need to communicate well, with them. Well, I, you know, I all think the I'll, references. it's possible, but I, I might be on the uh, on the controversial list, given my uh, my film viewing at the weekend. I saw Poor Things. Poor Things. Poor, poor Things. It's, uh, it had Emma Stone and uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, Mark Ruffalo. Right. Um, and it's directed by the guy who directed The Favourite. You've seen that? That's a really good Never. Film with, uh, Olivia Colman in. Um, right. Have you and, been watching uh, the flipping award-winning movies? Because I also saw you saw the other one, the French one. Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. So Anatomy of a Fall is superb. It's a really, really good film. 
Um, very simple you, setup. Is this because of the BAFTAs? Are you, or, no, no, or no. Like no. Oscar I mean, season? Mrs. F was like, do you want to watch this film and Atom Before Fall? It's meant to be good. And I was like, sure. For, uh, for Poor Things, M- Mrs. F was like, do you want to come to the Everyman Cinema at the weekend? Just, you know, we, we, we'll leave the kids with someone and we'll, we'll go to the movies. I was like, hell yeah. And the Everyman Cinemas, um, uh, this was down in Isha, so just south of me. It's, um, instead of being regular cinema seating, it's like big sofas. So you're sitting with the person you go with, like on a little sofa. Right. You've got enough room to stretch your legs out fully in front of you, a little footrest, and there's table service. Wow. Yeah. Two-man two man sofas. It's a cinema full of two-man sofas. Well, there's a couple of single seats as well. This sounds and great. It's amazing. They will bring you beer and chips. Yeah. Wow. They have, they have burger and stuff. Yeah, yeah so you got... can get food and all the rest of it. Um, I like I mean, that. The table service seems to be only before the film starts, but then after that, you can slide out and get a couple of beers and come back. Like, it's, it's really... And it's so wide you're not like excuse me um people having to stand up and shit you can just scuttle out yeah um it's fantastic really really nice good screen good sound very comfy uh loved it absolutely loved it really good cinemas uh and also just nice inside it kind of has like a it's got like a bar at the front so you could just chill there after the movie and have a couple of drinks or meet yeah. up there before like it's really really good it's got like a low lighting chic vibe yeah, it's very it's, low lighting it's well chic. done there's one in bristol and i yeah. went f- i recently to see um the new Ghibli movie. Oh yeah, Ghibli. Studio I Ghibli. Okay. I thought it was okay. Which was which was typical typical Ghibli movie of feels like a normal movie. Wasn't quite sure where it was going because there was it's called The Boy and the Heron. Wasn't sure where uh, it was going, but then yeah, it turned into. I saw the, the ads for that one. Yeah, it turns into a typical thing, right? Because. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it, do- they- it does and it doesn't. So I, I felt like the first... I don't want to spoil it. No, no, no. It's, ver- it's very long and slow. And then they introduce this classic Ghibli world. But in a way that, to me, when I watch Spirited Away, I feel like we're getting into the interesting part quite early on. I felt like The Boy and the Heron was extremely slow, and I thought it was going to be a different kind of movie. Me too. But in- instead, it's suddenly just... So it's almost like it's, a, it's going to be something interesting, slow, but interesting, and then it just falls face first into regular old Ghibli, but it's like they've tried to squeeze that entire film into just the second half of this film. That's so, what it felt like. So I, I, I mean? didn't know what I was going into right. at all. And I thought it was going to be, because this starts off and there's quite a lot of little references to the war going on. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, I thought we were going to have a Grave of the Firefly situation. It was going to be a real sad, sad one. Um, but no, it just immediately sort of goes it's into like, the dream uh, world. Let's just do all the fantasy shit. But yeah. instead, it, it's like he 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 continually meets characters, and then they're discarded. Meets a character discarded. Meets a character discarded. And it sort of sets up all this stuff with like one sentence now. Where it's, oh, now we have to go through this door. Like it's it's one of those films where the rules, if you like, of the universe are laid out to you for for like at the time. A, a second at a time, and then we move on, and that doesn't matter anymore. So it's mm. like, don't look back or you'll turn into a, a goblin too. Don't touch the tomatoes or you'll have to fly. You know, it's like this kind of just exactly word salad that. of rules. And then there's characters in it played by like quite big name actors who seem to have like two or three lines and everyone's acting like, oh my God, it's so-and-so. They're so important. But as an audience member, you're like, we just met this guy. Like, how am <laughs> yeah. I meant to fucking know anything about the king of the budgies? When we just <laughs> made two seconds ago. So the king of the budgies is Dave Batista. I feel Batista. like I'm on drugs yeah. right now. I so know, that's what it feels like. But, but yeah, Dave Batista, William Defoe, Florence Pugh, Mark Hamill, Christian Bale, Karen Fukuhara, and Robert Pattinson. Mark Hamill is a great uh, voice He's actor. Great voice He's actor. really yeah. good. Yeah, they, it's like a who's who of yeah. characters. I, 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 I constantly was like sat up in my seat. I was like, is that? That can't be Christian Bale. <laughs> is that? No. Is it? Okay. I just felt like it, it had an interesting-ish setup, but then it just kind of you 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 meet and lose people so fast. You just kind of like, <sighs> uh, all right, if, if the oh, it's meant to be like that because you're meant to be experiencing the universe the way he is and kind of tumbling through it. Yeah, but I want to I want to see him doing that. But I don't want to be doing that because as an audience <laughs> right. member, I need to understand the fucking storyline and not just have it explained to me like, aha, here's a something we've, we've never seen before that now you have to deal with this. And now don't worry, it's gone. We're on to the next I thing. I think it's all very dreamlike, a lot of these Ghibli movies, though. They're all very much like they don't make sense and there's no way to explain them. So let's not even try because if we started to do it, we would, you know, we couldn't be as fantastical and silly as we are. It all does feel very frivolous. And 
I, I think guess. that's why I don't like it. But yeah. did, Spirited Away didn't feel like that, and that's probably that's like a really well-rounded. Yeah, I like Spirited solid Away. I remember seeing world. it. Yeah. yeah, like you get who the characters are. Um, the the setup is interesting. You feel attachment to the characters because we've known them throughout the film. So you you actually get some kind of emotional uh, attachment to these characters rather than just seeing people get emotional attachments because. It matters to them, but it needs to matter to the audience as well. Otherwise, what am I watching? I'm watching. It's like if the film opened with someone crying, you'd hope to find out why they're crying. You're not. You can't just be attached to someone emoting. You yeah. need to be emoting with them anyway. So, Anatomy <laughs> of a Fall opens with uh, basically a, a father uh, is dead in the driveway of his house. That's like the opening of the film. Right, like on the ground. Yeah, yeah. He's so just it, like, it, like, like spread, spread eagle, dead on the ground of yeah. his driveway. So the son comes back from walking the dog, and there's the dad dead in the driveway. Right. Um, and he's beneath a window, like a th third story window. That's how the film basically opens. That's how the first minute was. Too well, of so the, the movie. window's open. Well, it doesn't matter. All right. It well, it does matter. No, no, no. It well, doesn't. But, no, but that's that gets that's getting that's too deep into it. It, right, yeah. that's the film. Is there's only the three of them there: the son and the mother and the and the boy. So you know, court case and all the rest of it. Right. But interestingly, I've never seen a. a I didn't watch Spiral, although I, I I will. Um, I didn't know that French courts were so different from like UK courts and American courts. So if you watch, this is like a, a, a murder trial essentially in in the in the French courts. Um, they just fucking interrupt each other all the time. Yeah. Like it's more like it sounds more like a podcast with lawyers than anything really? else. Yeah. Like if the, the it's not like objection and oh yes, yeah, state your legal objection. It's this. Uh no, overruled, ignore that. It's like they'll just chat it. I'm not surprised because they also don't like to cue the French. So <laughs> there you go. I'm it, 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 I'm so surprised <laughs> that they're not waiting their turn for something. Like uh, like uh, they they Every one of them thinks that they're the most important person in the entire universe at any given time, mm. and uh, and it sounds like that's uh, that's also true in their court system as well. They just talk because it's just funny. I'm like, talking the prosecutor now. Will be going, <laughs> I'm just and the talking. The defender, the defender will pipe up, yeah. and then the 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 um the the, the uh, accused will just chime in, and then the judge will have something to say. Yeah. Then someone else will pipe up, and no one's saying, "Hey, hey, hey!" One at a time. You can't just yell out. Yeah. Like you can just chip in with something. I thought it was really interesting, and they make lots of sarcastic comments. <laughs> nice. It's really, it's a really, really, really it, good movie. And is it is it like true to life uh, from what you can tell, like by all accounts? I have like, no is idea. that I mean, kind of what no happens? Idea. Or because I, I feel like a lot of like courtroom drama um, is. It tries to it tries to be realistic or whatever, but obviously, like it, it's su it's such a boring thing, right? I think that courtroom drama is one of those up. things that has that that folds upon itself. Though people watch it on telly and behave the way they've seen on telly, but on, yeah, then, yeah, because they now know they do, no yeah. different, right? It's yeah. it's all. I think been, it is one of those things. Yeah. It's very people assume it'll be the way they've seen it because the, the, that's the only way most people have seen it. I mean, I I I don't think I've ever been in a courthouse. No, me um, neither. I, I I hope to never go in one. I mean, I've been in one, but I've never I've never been to a trial or something like. I've never, I, I went to one. I've never done the, jury the, duty or. I went to one of the Royal Courts of Justice on Fleet Street. You can just go in. Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's like the public gallery and everything. You got to be quiet when you go in, but you yeah. go in and there's all student law students in there and and reporters. That's pretty much yeah. it. Um, and you know you sit in. It's it's very formal. Obviously, it's 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 really not. Um dramatic but like sometimes i think some court cases can be really dramatic like did you watch you remember the oscars pistorius trial yeah um that that trial was like on on the internet i watched the live stream of that a lot i was i was really into it and it was very dramatic they did lots of recreations there was lots of uh you know lots of lots of um testimony from from him where you know they're they're absolutely destroying his argument. He's he's trying to defend himself desperately. He keeps breaking down, and they have to keep stopping. And you you become more and more aware that you're pretty sure that he's guilty. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching, I'm thinking, there's no fucking way that this guy's story adds up. It was genuinely gripping, but it was obviously much longer than the trials they have in a movie because you don't want to watch eight hours of testimony. No. In a film, but um, but there were definitely dramatic moments in that. I think there are absolutely. Uh, I mean, do you remember the the trial they had recently, where that guy drove a car into people and then defended himself in court? That guy. I no. I remember hearing about it, but I don't I don't know any of the details around his 
defense. I can't court. remember his name, but it, that is a very interesting. On a, that in, was, that near was Westminster, right on the on the bridge. No, 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 no. This is, is in the, America. This oh, in was Amer- America. Oh, in yeah, America. Because yeah. remember, we we don't have televised trials over here. Like no, you, you, there's no cameras or recording in the courtroom in the UK, to the best of my knowledge. But whereas in in America, they they often have trials where you know there's cameras there and everything. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean the the recent one obviously was the Johnny Depp. Amber Heard one that right. was all over the place. That was, yeah. there, were, there were clips from that on of t- TikTok and everything. You know, the was, Gwyneth Paltrow felt... trial that was fantastic. I really enjoyed watching that. That was a good watch. OJ, um, OJ, <laughs> the, right. the original, the original. So what's, the OG. what's Spiral? OJ, yeah. Spiral is a French like spy uh, thriller series. So oh, it's a TV series, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but but has a lot of court stuff in that. Um, but yeah, Mrs. F is always recommending that to me, and I, ju- I just haven't got around to it yet. Well, but, I so, would like to recommend to you right now the new on. season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which started. Oh, and, is it good? Uh, there's uh, one episode out, and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's really good. First episode's yeah. really good. It cool. continues on Curb. from the I've last uh, season. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the last season, but he gets with that the woman who's on the council because uh, he wants uh, her to, yes. to remove the ruling where they need a fence around the pool because the guy the, <laughs> yeah. the guy drowns in his in his pool. He doesn't have a fence up and he's going to get fined and taken to court and stuff. So he's, he's, still, with, he's still with her. And uh, and the, and just like the story kind of continues on from there. It's it's good. It is good. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And kind of the <laughs> aftermath of his show, you know, uh, was it Young Larry or whatever, you know, the show he's working on? And he right. has that... Uh, the 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 girl that he he needs to to get her in as the star of the show for a favor, but she's hor- oh, yeah. she's awful. She's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still in it as well. It's good. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Those were the two strange plot threads from the last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they good. they sort of continue on in this one. But this it's is a very strange. This is it. This is the final setup. season. They're, they're done yeah. after this. Well, so. they keep saying they said that so many times. But yeah, I mean, the, the way it's filmed is so odd as well, and uh, generally. You know how it's like, basically, they don't have scripts. They yeah, they yeah. outline yeah. what happens at each scene, and then they just fucking go go at it. And that, that just makes it feel so different to everything else. Yeah. It's on, very realistic. It's nice. Yeah, like, it's, it's comedy that it, 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 at no point, there you can actually see the moments where it's scripted. Like, there's obviously moments where he's like, I'm, I have to say this. And then everything goes from from there. Yeah, and I'm sure they have some. I mean, I know they say it's not scripted, but there are, there are definitely some lines that you think that that sort of like was written. Um, and it's almost like you can feel it because the rest of it feels so natural. Which the that is my only problem with it is sometimes it feels so realistic that it just makes me want to curl up into a ball. Like it's just so agonizing. Yeah, um, some, at times but, uh, it is. Yeah, I feel it's easier to watch it second time round. Because yeah. you know what's coming, you you don't cringe quite as hard. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty, but poor things was the film I watched in the Everyman, and uh, I hated it. It might be one of the most hated films I've ever seen. I I despised it. I wanted to leave oh, wow. after about fifteen minutes. It's incredibly what? well received. Everybody loves it. Um, some people hate it. I I'm in that group. You're um, in the in the hater group. I'm in the hate group. I honestly, I mean, I was trying to enjoy it. I was really trying. I I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was so one poor, of the worst films things, I've ever seen. Poor things. Hated uh, every it. man. Yeah. Um, but you liked the Everyman experience. Oh yeah, the cinema was great. I was like, man, I would love to have seen any other film here. But this except movie for won, the movie like, Poor Things, awards. I'm sure it has. I mean, all the critics are like, oh, it's one of the best films ever made. Blah blah blah. They're wetting themselves about it. I hated it. I absolutely well, this hated is it. this is how I feel about all the Charlie Kaufman movies. Oh, he's, um, he's fucking. Get lads up his ass. A lot of these directors are just up their ass. They're, they're, they're obsessed with themselves. I think they're they're obsessed. Every shot that they can do, they do it, whether it needs to be done or not. They they explore ideas that are not worth exploring. If a character's just you know pops into their brain, it must be brilliant. So let's put it on screen. I just fucking hate it. It's egotistical. I'm not- I'm not fussy about movies and TV shows generally. As long as it holds my attention, I'll watch it. I'll watch fucking Storage Wars and Antiques Roadshow <laughs> and God, you name it, right? I'll watch any old shit. And uh, But some of this stuff, like, I, I, it, I step back from it. Like, I, I, basically, some of these movies, if I find I'm pausing it all the time, that's a really bad sign. Do you know what I mean? Like, and if I, 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 I kind of hate going to the cinema if, I'm gonna, if it's not a movie that I know I'm going to like because... I can't fucking pause it. It feels like I'm trapped in a tortuous hell. Do you know what I mean? At least with a movie that's on telly, that I can that, that I can just turn it off and go away and never come back to it. Like a lot of things on Netflix that I've just never come back to. You know, because they're like 
just just bad. There's so much crap on Netflix. There is oh so God. much crap. Yeah. This is perfect for me to uh to 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 segue into crap. To to segue into my uh, Is it about your toilet or is it about the apprentice? It's the apprentice. I was going to give you guys an update. Oh, it's it started okay. last week. I watched it. <laughs> Reluctantly you said watched you it. Gonna. I didn't I did not want to. We we live in this cyclical podcast world where I could now predict what what we're going to talk about. Okay, well listen, can I just give you the update on the first person that was fired from the apprentice? This is a this this is a uh so let me this just is a give, pre- preface this by saying that the apprentice I read a thing this week that said that the apprentice casting team are deliberately recruiting people who have no desire to be an influencer. Right? right. That is like a big part of their casting process. Right. They very apparently very carefully choose people who are not going to be uh, uh, ripping uh, it up on social media. Have, yeah, don't have that beyond the show. Right? Yeah, right. So they're getting like people who are serious about business. They like they, <laughs> they they are concentrating well, only on but business. Also stupid. And then yeah, because yeah, like I they, I think they hit the mark really well both times. The guy that got fired last week. It was weird because the first task was uh, the corporate event task, which is usually like one of the last tasks. What does that mean? They have to put on a corporate event. So they have to price what, up what a corporate event. Sorry, yeah, they go to a, they go. They have two companies lined up and uh, they're like they want to take 20 people on a day out, basically. And so they're at this like Scottish uh, castle manor Whoa. thing, and uh, they got to put on activities for. It. They got to lay on some food I'm for them. On. Yeah, yeah. Lay on and, and so they and, and so they got to pick the food that they're gonna serve, but they also have to prepare it as well, which is always a little bit unfair because most of them are so stupid, and none of them seem to be able to prepare food or whatever. So it's always a mess. Um, but this this time particularly, there was uh, there's a whole lead up to it being a huge mess. And the the team that lost actually uh, came out under. So they lost 600 pounds. And the team that won made a profit of like 150 pounds or something. Like it was, it was just, it was one of the worst ones ever. But basically <laughs> the guy that got fired in the end was responsible for, um, for getting the pudding ready on his team. So he was, uh, you know, so, and he's like, I've never, I've never like cooked before. What do I do? And the guy's like, just measure out all the stuff. Okay. You have the ingredient, you have the list in front of you of all the ingredients. All you got to do is get all the, all of that measured out as it says, and just leave it on the side so that we can make it when we're ready to. And he's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So he goes off and like two seconds later, he's like, uh, chef, chef, I have a question. And got the guy runs over. He's like, what is it? What is it? We're trying to do this other thing. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm on this one. And it says, uh, it says uh, one TBSP salt. Is that the brand of salt or a type of salt or, or what? <laughs> and the guy's like, <laughs> he didn't even respond to him. He was just like, I think he just walked away. But then it came oh. up again in the thing. And he was like, you don't know what a tablespoon is? This guy's like some sales executive or something. Like, I don't know. I guess they just lie about what they do or whatever. But uh, it seemed like really, uh, <laughs> really bad. And, uh, that and is then he got actually good. He got fired. Good. I love those gaps in knowledge that people have. Uh, it's, it's wild, T- though. TBSP. A, yeah. Yeah. He just did, he just had no clue. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, I, I've never been in a kitchen before. I was like, well... Yeah, you know, that's fine, but like you should still understand like this guy's skipping the the steps to become like a billionaire. Mo- yeah, you know but I mean? most schools even do like a home economics class or Listen, something, if he's right? Like, like if come he's, on. If once he's a successful CEO, he's not going to need to cook for himself. Why, exactly. you know, this is smart. Do you know what I mean? Guess. Like I think I think he's done the right thing. Well, he's, it's not going to happen you know, through the apprentice cuz he's the first one fired. You have to oh. specialize. That's got to be bad, by the way, to be the first one out of The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. it does. Nobody ever Google remembers your you. Name, yeah. And they're like, that's what they find out. That's bad. Nobody really ever remembers oh. you. You know what? I, I will say this, though. At the very least, you're out. Yeah. Like, the, the longer you're in The Apprentice, the more people will recognize you and remember you as yes, a dumbass. that idiot that was on The Apprentice. <laughs> yes. If you're out early doors, you're like, well, at least it's over with. I'll be forgotten. This guy's ruined his chances yeah. of being Prime Minister or being successful now, right? He's ruined it. He's no, never going to be the CEO of a big company yeah, or pro- anything. He's, he's, probably... he's dead. He's dead in business. Uh, he's no, not. Yet. No, he's no. not. He is. Like, he'll be, he'll be minister, minister for business within people a year. Will be la- <laughs> uh, he's a laughing stock. <laughs> 
Oh, man. <laughs> You'll get a phone call. I understand you're available. We saw you on The Apprentice. I think you'd be fantastic. Oh, shit. It's... Listen, I, I know you don't have ever been in a kitchen before, but that's the exact kind of person we need. Uh, come and work for the yeah. UK government. Oh my god, man! So yeah, so I so I watched it. I didn't really want to watch it last year. I did not enjoy it. You did, and you uh, did I was like, it. I was, th- I was, I kept saying to my wife this year, I'm not watching it. And she's like, Come on, it'll be good. You fucking love this shit. So I watched man, and you, it, it, and now it, I'll yeah, watch it again. I will shit. watch it again. But uh, that's okay. That's fine. Uh, you know, you got yeah. You know, I know. Again, I've we talked about this before. I know how you watch TV, and it's basically just you and your wife quipping and ripping the piss out of everything. That <laughs> yeah, man, that's and fun. It is, it is a joy. That yeah. is fun. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, you, we do these things. I don't know why I watch the. Well, I mean, it is kind of fun though. Six, 18 seasons of this thing oh, every year. Man. We're just it is smashing. So, it is crazy, isn't it? But I mean, it is a. I think they got to change up the. Form. I think they got to get rid of Alan Sugar, honestly. I think they need somebody else now. He's he's become a caricature. Well, he has, he's the same yeah. age as Larry David. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, eh? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Imagine my surprise when I woke up this morning and a box of beer was delivered to my front door. <laughs> oh, I love beer. Get it down my neck. Yum, yum, yum. Friends of Beer 52. Get me a crate of beer from around the world. South Korea, Argentina, New Zealand. Not that old Zealand. Thank God. I love beer. Get it down my neck. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. So I've, I've been still subscribed to Beer 52 ever since we, we promoted it previously. Uh, if you're interested, you can get a free case of eight new and exclusive beers, beers. across the world. Yum. www.beer52.com slash Triforce. Get it down your neck. You have to pay $5.95 postage, but you get eight free beers. It's been really nice. Um, it's always different. It's always interesting. Uh, if you don't like dark beer, you can choose the light case, which is what I've got. And it, they always throw in like a couple of little packs of snacks. Get the snacks down. Beers and snacks. Yum, yum. Which, which go down amazing. You get a free copy of the Ferment magazine, uh, which tells you where everything came from, uh, which is also oh, really wow. interesting. I'll tell you yeah. where it went, mate. Down my neck. Yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> yum, yum. Uh, so, yeah, beer52.com slash Triforce, you get a free case. If you're unsatisfied, you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. Beer52.com forward slash Triforce. Do it now. Larry David um, married a uh, young. How do we? Okay, how do we feel about this? Now I we've had Larry the age David... gap discussion before, haven't we? Have we? We've, I'm I'm many sure we times. Have. No, no, no. But I'm, yeah. I'm happy to have it again. Yeah, sure. What's right. Well, uh, hit no, me. No, it's all right. No, no. no. It's more like do it. You can't. No, you can't tease us like this. I don't no, know if, this if, about if Larry David. If a 35 year old woman, I think she got the best of both worlds. You know, 35? if she's a fan of Larry David, is this and Ashley Underwood? Be a billionaire. You know, Ashley Underwood. Ashley Underwood. Oh my goodness. Ashley Underwood. She's lovely. Ashley Underwood is... Yeah, there's all pictures of her with L. David. Who is Larry David's wife? All about Ashley Underwood. Well, she's like half his age then, right? Yeah. Less than, yeah. Wow. Is she... Yeah. What, is she's, uh, but that's okay. She's on IMDb, so she's done stuff. She's well, been look, in... She's, she, she's she was not some in 19-year-old ingenue. subsequent movie film. Apparently, she was. Yeah, that's in, how they met. What, what, where did we come down on this before? Because I, I guess I came down on the on the side of being a little uncomfortable with it. Uh-huh. Like, and I think more so if they were deciding to have a child that late. 
because I think there was like, wasn't it? There's a few people who've who are in their seventies having a kid with a thirty five year old woman or whatever. Well, that Al Pacino is like in his eighties, and he had a baby with like a twenty nine year old or something. Yes, I, recently these are these and are now they're not problems. together anymore as Ooh. well apparently. Well, you know, he, he, she. Uh, if you don't, if you get to thirty-five and you don't know what you want and you don't have your head screwed on, when do, when are you gonna? Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're being taken advantage yeah, of. Yeah, she's not. These, she's these not like, you know. I mean, she's she's an adult. So if she's decided to, maybe maybe. I mean, look. Here's the thing. A lot of people are just love charming, funny people. So maybe that's the thing. Larry exactly. David is very funny and charming and rich and cool to be around. And, uh, you know, they, they got on well. I mean, that's it. Well, that's and, it. That's all it needs. Yeah. But as I've said, it, all, it only ever seems to go this one direction. Old, much older men with much younger women. Yeah, where's it does. The, yeah. Uh, you never see. Where, where, you never when's see. When's Ryan Gosling going to go out with, like, you know, Betty White or something like that? Obviously, rip Betty White. But, you know, had she still been alive. Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. There is a bit of that. Um, yeah. There was like a storyline in Emmerdale where a younger man was going for <laughs> an older woman, but that's the only one I can think of. And I mean, I'm talking like <laughs> that was maybe 2003, 2004. So, so Liz Taylor um, died in 2011. She was married one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Right. Um, her last Partner, let me see. She was born in 1932. He was born in 1952. So he was 20 years her junior. Right. Uh, when he married Elizabeth Taylor. Right. Um, and how old was she uh, at the time when they got married? So let me see. They got married in 1991. Right. So, so she, she was like been 61. 61. And he was 41. Something like that. So, or 60. No, 59? 59? She was 59. So he would 59. have been 39. Tw yeah. 20 years. That, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. but Liz Taylor, what, what did she look like at 59? Liz Taylor. Oh, she was gorgeous she's Liz elizabeth taylor right? yeah like, so i mean I'm, that, that, that's the thing i mean i'm what about jaja jaja gabor. gabor yeah i heard of that let's one. have a look so jaja gabor was married one two three four five six seven times um she Good died Lord. in 2016 age 99 wow um nine she, times actually what did i what did i say one two three seven four five oh some of them don't have a wiki entry sorry nine times um, she was married to a lad called Felipe de Alba. So he was born in 1924. So he was almost as old as she was. Jack Ryan, almost, also almost as old as her. George Sanders, he was older. Okay, all right, well, hmm. all right. Zaza Gabor, also not a good... Um, well, Rick Owens, guess, though, yeah. who's the big fashion guy, he married um, a lady who was a couple, like 20 years older than him. Mm. I think he's 16, she's 80. Right. Goodness. So, yeah, like that is a thing. It does happen, um, but not, not as Not as often as the other way. They got married 20 years ago when he was 40 and she was 60. So I think, again, yeah. it's, like, it's a very different dynamic, I guess, yeah. when uh, at different stages ages of life you know the age gap is more pronounced um and it, and it can only it's hard for someone to we only live for like 80 years so in order to go to marry someone half your age there's a very small window where that's actually possible you kind of have to be in your 60s yeah i you suppose know, well for it not to be super gross it is weird though um, isn't it but i it i it just i don't know especially like uh like the the rich and famous especially you, you see it i don't mind so much lot, the right? marriage thing but as much as the kids thing i think that's a big thing for me yeah like, i guess i guess i don't i'm not conservative or anything around it but i and i and people can do their own i'm sure they these people will understand but it just feels like it's something i wouldn't be comfortable with. i don't want to have a kid and i'm 40 let alone when i'm 70 do you know what i mean i feel like there's a lot of it's a lot of expectations. Maybe if you're mega rich, you're not bringing them up anyway. You just have all the nannies and all the send them off to boarding school. I know God about knows. that. That's <laughs> I know what I'm like, talking I about. feel like if I was mega rich, I'd be, I'd want to have kids even less. You know, like because I would just feel like, man, I got all this money, I could do whatever I want. Like I'm not, I don't want to do something that's going to prevent me from doing what I want. I don't want to have a rich kid because then they'll yeah, turn out to be a I prick. feel like I, yeah, I feel like if I was like uh, <laughs> really, really stinking rich, I want my kids to grow. Up poor and miserable, so they turn out to be no, nice people. No, it just—it's not so much that. It's like I just feel like if I was really, really wealthy, I—I I don't know if I've—I'd ha have the attitude. Well, knowing what I know now, I don't know if I'd ha if I'd had that attitude about having kids. I, maybe I would not have them, you know, because I would just want to enjoy my uh all my vast amount of money and uh all the opportunities that it would provide me. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to yeah. be tied down. I'd want to be like. 
you know, buy like a penthouse in New York and go there for a week and then buy a penthouse in like Tokyo mm. and go there for a week. But I wouldn't want to be dragging kids along with me. You know what I mean? It's so complicated though, isn't it? Because we, I've, my feelings vary day to day and my, my, you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm feeling like shit. Other days I wake up and I'm like really happy. You know, I, I, I think everyone, everyone makes decisions on, on um, you know, week to week. They're like, oh, I need to change everything. I need to change my haircut. Oh God, let's, let's, let's have kids. We've got to do it. You know, all this, do you know what I mean? Like people make these decisions decisions and they have to kind of it's it's, it's so complex it is it is. Much... it is complex do you want to yeah. hear about a simple life yes go on this is uh this is an article is trending at the moment it's gone it's gone quite quite big poor old greg wallace did an article um called my greg... S- my saturday greg wallace from greg's no greg wallace of greg the, wallace uh, from inside the factory and master inside chef the factory, and all the yeah, other master stuff chef. so he wrote this article this is his day i'll give you some highlights 5 a.m. I wake up at the same time every morning, right? He wakes up at 5 a.m. He has his coffee, reads his book, checks his emails, and then he looks at the sign-up numbers for his health program, and then he gives a website. Uh, sorry, he- sorry, 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 sorry. Greg Dave, Greg Davis, can we have a little- Greg Wallace! Greg Wallace, sorry, can we have a little impression of Greg Wallace, just so people know who we're talking about, P-Flex? The buttery biscuit bags. <laughs> That's Greg Wallace, right? <laughs> so he's, so, so 5 a.m. Yeah, 5 a.m. he's up. up. 7 a.m. he's at the gym. Right. Um, okay. And he does, he, he he lists his workout here. Um, he's He's, he's, down from 17 stone to 12 stone. Wow. Um, he's got less than 18% body fat and a six pack. That's what he lifts. This is the article that he wrote. Right. Uh, 10.30, meet my PA Helen at the local harvester for breakfast. And then he lists the breakfast. And this is my favorite part. I've regularly been disappointed in three-star Michelin restaurants around Europe, but never in a harvester. British <laughs> 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 gentleman after our own heart. Yeah. And then he goes back home for lunch uh, with his wife. Hang um, on a second. What time yeah. was breakfast? 10.30. He has, Mate, so he's he just a, been down the gym. What did he eat at breakfast? At he Harvester? had bacon sausage Friday. Bacon sausage Friday. Sorry, 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 sorry. So Greg Wallace, he wakes up at 5 a.m. and checks the numbers on the people who signed up to his health plan. Yeah. Right? Goes to the gym. Yeah. Works on his six pack. Yeah. Hits Harvester for 10.30. Yeah. Right? Eats that sausage and bacon. Barely has it been swallowed. Then he has to eat his lunch at 12. 12, yeah, 12. Yeah, but he's, well, his, pro- it, his, his body's probably craving uh, some uh, some carbs at this point, though, right? If he's been I mean, working so, out so hard. Exactly. <laughs> right, so but it's there's, the sausages, there's no bacon, carbs. egg. There's no carbs, really, in bacon, sausage, egg, and mushroom, and tomato, which is what it looks like. Well, in oh, in, in bread, though. Is it in bread? Or just, no, no, no it's a, just a plate. This is a fry He's just having a yeah, fry up. All oh, right. So, so then he, he has, he has white up. bean soup with his, with his wife makes white bean soup and, and a crust of bread. So just a bit of bread. So not too much. Right. Then he spends some time with his, his son. He has a four-year-old son who's non-verbally autistic. So this kid is, okay. is way up there on the spectrum. Spends some time with the kid. Um, and you know, I think it's about, it spends about an hour and a, uh, maybe an hour and a half with the kid. Um, so and then, one hour probably and a half 10 minutes. Yeah. It's probably then, realistically 10 minutes. 3 PM. I'm an amateur historian. I spend two hours by myself in my home office playing Total War Saga Thrones of Britannia. That's uh, what he, <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah. Wow. What? He He's says, playing, uh, um, I prefer turn-based gamer. strategy games. To I spent, I spent two <laughs> hours playing Hearts of Iron 4. <laughs> exactly. I like to play Nazi Germany. Uh, wow. one, one day we'll win. We're going to conquer the bloody world fascism. We'll spread the beans and toast. And we're going to put a harvester in every city. That's the plan. Uh, and then he cooks for the family. Um, and then 8 p.m. he's in bed. Um, so he, they watch. He says, "We what read or watch a film on my laptop." We watch The Apprentice. <laughs> He's asleep by nine. <laughs> Jesus, that's it. Yeah. What's 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 uh, so what's dinner? Does it say? Uh, it was fish. He says, um, "Oh, I make so my... three portions of, of meat." Yeah. Oh, I no, cook no, dinner for the family actually. once a week. Grilled fish. Oh, this is once a week. He only he cooks. cooks once a week. Yeah, grilled fish from the fishmonger at the local farm shop. I like bass, sole, or crab to make sandwiches with chips. Never eat takeaways. Make my own healthy cheeseburgers. I only drink twice a week, either for a rugby game or dinner with Anna. I'll start off with a pint, then have a wine, then maybe a whiskey or brandy. Jesus. <laughs> that's it. I've never, ever regretted not having a drink. Wow. That's, that's, honestly, that's decent life advice for anyone. I've never regretted not having a drink. I've definitely regretted having a drink. I think that's a pretty obvious statement, but fair enough. Why did he feel oh, wow. the need to share this? It's just an article. They were just like, Greg, do you want to write an article for the Telegraph? And he was right. like, sure. Do you yeah, want to write it? This is how, you, this is your typical day. Yeah. 
My my typical day would be so fucking shit to read. Mine too, <laughs> man. So I don't do shit. anything. Like it's crazy. Wake up eight thirty, stumble downstairs and have a coffee. Uh, say hello to the dog. Um, it, let's let's imagine a day where Mrs. F is not working from home, so she's gone into the office. The house is completely empty apart from me, the dog, and the cat. Uh, I go upstairs, check my emails, and then play video games from about nine thirty till about three thirty. <laughs> then I have a nap. <laughs> then I wake laughing, up. But, I mean, <laughs> play some play some more video games. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll go downstairs, cook dinner, uh, clean up the kitchen, like do the dishwasher and all the rest of that from the night before, or just from that that day. Go back upstairs, play video games from eight until about midnight. Go to sleep. That's my fucking day. You most are, days. Do you know what people say that dads have no free time? But it's not true once your kids are teenagers. Oh, right? once they're old it's enough, not they, that they don't. Do it's nothing. not that you don't have free time. It's that you're overburdened with just lots of little things that you do not want to do all the time it, it, you, yeah, you, you have chores. free time but you learn to sort of weave them in between uh you you, you sort of oh i see you claw back a lot right. of time but you still have all these little chores to do but you just get a good balance of doing the things that you actually want to do and then uh you know doing the things that you don't want to do and it's just balancing it out right and i think after yeah. a while you just get really good at balancing it out but at first it's impossible to balance out and all you feel like you're doing is just these chores and you don't have any time to do anything but you slowly yeah. do get it back and then you get to kind of like the point that flax is at and you're like holy shit i actually do have a lot of free time <laughs> like it's I, I i feel personally like you it's like having kids is almost like you're on a ship that set sail yeah and you feel like you you think you're going to be the captain early on, but you're not. You're one of the deckhands. You're constantly scrubbing and cleaning the floors. You're constantly chasing after people uh, and, and repairing leaks in the ship and trying to keep it afloat yeah. and dealing with people trying to throw themselves overboard. Like that's your role is more just like the, the bosun or something like that. You know, you're, you're literally just in charge of the deck and shit like that. Then gradually, as your kids get older, you get, work your way up the ranks. Once you're the captain, you think, well, I can decide where the ship goes. I can even drop the crew off at islands. Fuck off for a bit. Come back and pick them up. And they're fine. Like, yeah. they've got their own things. And they'll take the little boats and go off and do their own missions and then come back. Yeah. But the problem is the captain then has to deal with mutinies. And the mutinies get more and more serious. Because as the kids get older, it stops being, well, a couple of lashes and that'll put it right. The equivalent of the naughty step, right? Yeah. And it becomes, um, you, I don't have to do what you tell me. How can you possibly make me do anything? It becomes a French legal drama. Yes, it does. Yeah. Everyone's got Everyone's, an opinion. Everyone has to put their own They're all in. chiming in. And you're guilty until proven innocent. That's the problem. Like, it, it's seriously much, much harder. The, the arguments that my kids have now, in when they were little, it was like, she hit me. And you very simply settled. Now you go on the naughty step, and then it's like, we don't hit people. We don't hit people. We never, ever hit people. And that's simple. Then it becomes things like, she called me a cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoa. So it's well, like, all right, were first you of being all, a cunt? <laughs> yeah, how cunty <laughs> <what> you mean? <laughs> it's difficult. That's such a great dad response. Yeah. <laughs> well, and just, you, you, they say the most brutal things do, to each other. Because uh, they're both at school now, so they're old enough to know how to fucking fight with words. You have and so, so like, much sympathy when they're little because you know that they don't really know what they're doing but then past a yeah. certain age your your sympathy just disappears because you're like you know what you're doing you've been yeah. told not to do this a million times yet you still do it all the time and uh, and then you expect oh my people god to i can be, feel the dad rage building yeah, up yeah, so I people to be angry sympathetic towards you and and we're just not we're just done you know like you're you're, you're at that point where you're like Fine, just fucking do whatever you want to do, okay? And then if yeah. you turn into an arsehole, it's on you. Because I've done I everything I can. I don't want that. That's <laughs> no, the thing yeah. is, I like, I'm so desperate for that not it's to happen. It's the eternal but struggle. every fiber yeah. of your being is, is thinking, maybe, maybe my kids are just horrible. But they're not. They're just being horrible in that moment. Yeah. And the thing is, when you tell them off, and they're really angry with you, and they're yelling at you, and they stomp up and slam their door, I remember feeling that way about my parents, where I would stomp up and slam the door, and I'd be like, oh, God, I hate them. I wish they were dead. They're the monsters. They're terrible. Ugh. The kind of thing that goes through kids' minds 
because they're just they're rebelling yeah they're at that point where they want to rebel they want to get away yeah i've got two teenage daughters and it is all the stereotypes it is hard it's hard because you feel as a sympathetic person you i sometimes <laughs> was very upset when you know my partner or some of my friends were getting you know venting at me and about something that they'd They'd, something had gone wrong for them. And, and I was, you know, I think I, at some points I was more upset than they were. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is a common thing on the internet. I think, you know, sometimes people are or appear to be or are very pissed off or frustrated about something. But telling you about it both takes it off them a little bit and makes you hear about it for the first time. Exactly. And so in a sense, like they've had time to heal and share this and they're not as bothered about it anymore because time has gone by for them. But for you, this is a new offense. Yeah. And it's like, and you take everything so personally because you love that person so much or you you care about that person. You don't want them to, that, that's a shit thing that they've experienced. And, and you might even be more annoyed about it because it might be one of your bugbears more right. than it is them, right? And so sometimes but, you can infect people. You can. I mean, it's tra trauma rage. dumping is a thing, right? Like people do that. People do. I mean, I, I know you guys have probably seen this when you're streaming. Someone will turn up and chat and say, like, just had the worst week of my life. And they'll list all these awful things. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I, I get it. People, people are reaching out sometimes for someone to listen. But essentially, I don't know you and you don't know me. And you're turning up and like, let's say I was just making doing some stupid impression of fucking Columbo. And then all of a sudden someone in chat is like, my entire family was wiped out by assassins. And you're like, well, fuck, like, what do you want me to do with, with that? <laughs> yeah. what, what am I supposed to do about that? And with that, like, you should have just every, stayed in the Columbo roleplay for it. I think uh, yeah. you just got to keep it uh, going. There is one more thing, sir. So your entire family uh, wiped out by assassins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I don't know man. what the fuck you're meant to do. Man, oh man, oh man. But if a friend oh. if a friend comes to me and is like, look, this terrible thing happened, I need to talk about it with someone, of course you're gonna be there and of course you're gonna listen. And oh, well, that's just human nature. That's part of well, friendship. I, I guess the difference between venting and trauma dumping is when you, you don't care about the other person who's hearing it. You know, it's I think that, that then again, you're never going to quite know how you never know people well enough to uh, sometimes you do to, to gauge how what you can tell them to, right. to not upset them. Right. And you should vent. You should you should let it out and try and talk to people and, and, and share your feelings and, and with your friends because they want to hear you and help you. And don't be scared. I'm not trying to I'm not sure. I think trauma dumping is obviously not ugh, I'm not c cool with that as a sort of a, like, as if it's a. I don't know. Do you, do you know what I mean? I feel like people should be encouraged to share their feelings rather than yeah. not share yeah. their feelings. Yeah, we don't, want to, we don't want to bottle I, it up. Yeah, share your feelings. Don't be scared to be called a trauma dumper or whatever. You know, I'd rather people went the other way than in general with me personally. Um, but I feel like this is a very common common. God, Sips, what were you going to say? Um, not, nothing to do with trauma dumping. So if you want to carry okay, on. Okay, sorry, go. I wanted to change the subject, but I, I'm happy for you guys to, to, to carry on until you're done. No, no change no, your no. way. Go for it. All right. Well, I bought a PlayStation 5 this week. <laughs> um, yes, I heard. I had to do a, uh, I had a brand deal yesterday and um, I left it to the last minute to um, get my PlayStation 4 back up and running, which it hasn't been for about three years or something. And uh, oh. I couldn't find any of the cables or anything. I think some of it might have been uh, destroyed in the in the first flood that I had in the garage. <laughs> uh, and so I thought, well, Fuck. I'm going to need a PlayStation 5 at some point anyway. <laughs> so now is probably a good time to just go up and, and buy one. So I drove up to the store and bought one. And uh, I bought an extra controller. My my son really is, uh, he's like plays Fortnite and all these other games with his friends and He's quite excited to have a PlayStation because he just plays on Switch and it's not it's not the same, right? It's like a little handheld and we only have like uh, one TV in the house. So he, he can he never gets to play on the TV because his sisters are always watching TV and stuff and and so on and so forth. So I so I picked up this PlayStation 5. But the interesting part of this story that I wanted to share with you guys was I was having trouble getting it set up for streaming and I didn't have a lot of time to get it set up for streaming either. Uh, I have a capture yes, card that I haven't, I, I haven't used for a while, um, which wasn't working. I was plugging everything in. Nothing was working. Um, you could plug the PlayStation directly into your monitor and capture the, the monitor sometimes, but you won't get the audio. And you, there's all these like considerations because you're trying to stream a game and you need to uh, get your audio, the game's audio, the gameplay itself, everything, right? So I, I, I just, mm. it wasn't working. And I was like, oh, fuck, there's got to be an easier way. Um, and so I'd used, um, remote play. 
the 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 play the PlayStation sitting right next to my computer. I remoted into it, right? I you can I could plug the PlayStation controller into my computer and it would pick it up and allow me to play the PlayStation 5 within a little Windows window that I could capture in OBS, no problem. All the audio was coming through everything. It was just doing it remotely, even though it was like right next to it. But it, I, I just thought it was such a great uh, non-faffy huh. way of getting it up and yeah, running. Yes, so you don't need like the El yeah, Gato. You don't need any of it. In. No, you just remote play. You 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 set and up. Is there any lag? There wasn't when I was playing. It was fine. It was absolutely fine. So, was... for example, I really want to play the new Grand Theft Auto yeah. when that comes out yeah. in like what two years or whatever. Uh -huh. Um, so I would get the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Remote play from the PlayStation. By you, the way, this you... is not a sponsored segment. No, no. All you gotta do you go in, you go into the you go into the settings on your PlayStation and you enable remote play and it gives you like a code. Um, so that when you're on your, your PC and you've got the app open, the app mm. doesn't do anything until you give it a code. And so you give it this code and then, um, it, it, it makes a link between the two devices, That's amazing. remembers them. And then whenever you want, you can just, you can, you can activate your PlayStation, even if it's in a cupboard downstairs or something. And away you go. You can you can remote Fantastic. it right to your PC. You don't need to set up any fucking weird virtual audio cables or anything like that for, oh for streaming. It, it was amazing. I was just working. I, I was like so worried that I wouldn't have it set up in time, like for the for the sponsored thing. And then uh, I was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs for like an hour. I had so much time. It took like no time to set up. It was great. What? But why were you, why did you start half an hour late then? Uh, because um, I, apparently all my privacy settings were set to like uh, Hitler levels and uh, right. nobody could friend me or invite me to anything. <laughs> I did not set any of this, by the way. I don't know why it was like that. But, but it's uh, probably for the best. And then everybody was like, way. oh, granddad can't figure out his PlayStation and stuff. <laughs> it's like, no, look, I'm, I'm telling you, look, I haven't I haven't touched anything and I'm getting this error message and nobody could figure it out. And oh, so, right. you know, it was just like, it took forever to get going. But once we got going, it was fine. Oh, well, and what uh, game were you playing? Uh, we stars. were playing a game called Foam Stars. <laughs> imagine, stars. imagine Splatoon, but, uh, but it's called Foam Stars instead. Yes. Oh, goodness. It seems kind of, uh, kind of, it really does look like Splatoon. Yeah, it's, uh, it takes, it, it, it takes a lot of inspiration from Splatoon, but it's, a, it's like a four player kind of like arena like shooter mm. sort of thing it was, it was it was pretty fun actually it's fun to play with with friends it's good nice yeah it's good i've been playing talk of this wipe a lot a lot a lot man i have been playing farming simulator non-stop for like almost three months now great every damn day is there that much to it well i mean I've set myself a challenge, so... What's the challenge? I gotta make a billion dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> it How turns much out that there, I, I don't know if you know of many billionaire farmers in the world, but there's a good reason why there probably aren't any, because there's not a lot of money to be made in farming. What I, about that guy, J.R. Simplot? I don't know who that is. He's the guy Did he have who... economy set to easy mode in Farming Simulator? Well, he made potatoes for um, uh, McDonald's. Right. To turn oh, into right. chips. I think right. he was the guy. He died age 99 in 2008. He was the oldest billionaire. Wow. Um, his 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 uh, net worth was 3.6 billion. Gee. Um, in 2007. Wow. And That's he, crazy. Uh, he started off with just like a fucking donkey and a and a bit of land and uh, grew potatoes. Well, wow. I have not grown any potatoes. I just planted some sugar beets though. Um, mm, but uh, they're not they quite. For? Well, I'm gonna cut them up and I'm gonna put them into a biogas plant. We're gonna ferment okay. them. Okay. Yeah, and I'm also doing that with corn chaff and grass and cow diarrhea and solid manure as well. And it's oh, it is making a decent it. amount of money now. You're making me want to get back into it. Oh, you should see oh. my setup. I got all these mods. I got uh, I got all these like automation mods, so I can basically it's like playing Open TTD in Farming Simulator. You oh, can set cool. up all these courses for the tractors. I got all these like loading and unloading areas. I got trucks that can pick up because I'm harvesting like uh, what one of my fields is thirty nine hectares. It's fucking enormous, and all I do is cut corn chaff in it. 39 hectares. It, it, I like, have no fucking conception of what that means. Like, I'm talking like be, five, six huge. million liters of chaff, okay? Um, right. Per harvest. Like, it, it's insane. I, I can't even turn it all into silage, like, fast enough in a year to use it all up. Like, it's, it is insane. But, so that side is all scaled up, but then I gotta get the 
basically we're turning into an energy company because I think that's the only way we're going to hit the billion. But it's taken. Isn't that so how Spiff did it? He did solar power, long. I think. Yeah, but I mean, that's I, I, I could do that. I have enough money to do that, and I could I could wrap it up and do it quickly. But then you're not doing any farming, like I, you know, I want to kind of do it whilst doing some you farming. You want to do proper farming? Wanna, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So, no, so that's, I've been working at it for like fine. three months. <laughs> Good oh Lord. my God, chat fucking hate me at this point as well <laughs> they're just like this guy's an idiot he's playing the same fucking stupid game like uh they they just they hate it they're done but um i'm so i'm so weirdly obsessed with it still like i can't get mm. enough you know it's one of Lewis, those do you, do you want to quickly do some some weird news yeah i've got it here let's do let's do a couple uh the supreme court of korea i wonder if they're like the french courts probably north not. or south south korea okay right. have ruled that a man must serve a year and six months in prison after he refused the country's mandatory military service yeah uh right. he had argued that he was a conscientious object to war but the court found that because he had played so much player unknowns battlegrounds <laughs> he was actually a fan of war and he should have done the military service. <laughs> well they should have made him do it but they have to drop him into the enemy zone with no weapons and he have to find some <laughs> he'd be very good at that good yeah. grief so so there you go uh the scottish government uh have given its support for a national games strategy Right. Uh, apparently, the 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 Scot Scottish video game market contributes enough to the Scottish economy, um, two hundred million pounds that, that they are going to be providing. They're going to be they're going to be funding games. So they right. go. Scottish that, games. Could you imagine? That's what? a good. Uh, that that might be a good move for me. I'm going to move up there and I can get Dude Sim Alaska off the ground finally. The first game we've come up with is. Picking up your doll check. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm it all on whiskey. Stretching, uh, stretching a penny till it's copper wire. That's game number two. <laughs> I love you, Scotland. No hate. Um, just, just japes. Oh, fucking hell. And then, then in pop culture, we still don't know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. The, the inventor um, of Bitcoin. The inventor of Bitcoin. Right. A lot He's, of people have claimed it. Yes, again and again. And there's a trial going on right now in the UK High Court. Oh, this guy. Where there's this guy called Craig Wright, who's an Australian computer scientist. He's on trial because he claims that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. Big Papa Bitcoin. I, I doubt it very much. Well, if he, if he can claim that he is Satoshi Nakamoto, apparently he can make he could make it illegal for people for developers to use Bitcoin without his approval. Right. Um, the threat of legal action, this would would scare off developers and send Bitcoin into obscurity. Oh, fantastic. Please Even do further that. than it already is. Please um, do that. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's you, don't you have some Bitcoin, Lewis? No, never bought a crypto in my life. Right. Um, I was gifted two and a half Bitcoins about. You were gifted some eight, eight, crypto. Eight years ago, yeah. Nice. Somebody tipped me two Bitcoins when they were worth 100 quid each. And, uh, and you, I, I sold them uh, when sold they them. were worth two and a half thousand each. And then a few months, like actually maybe a year or two later, they were worth 25,000 each. Shit. Wow. A little bit annoying. Did you feel like shit? Didn't you no, get some, I was like, some Ethereum as well or buy some Ethereum? No, my mate said, you should buy some Ethereum. And I did, and it did nothing. I sold them to make my money back. And like, I think I doubled my money, waited a couple of years, and then they were worth a lot of money. Do you have well. a stock portfolio, Flax? Fuck no, dude. No. I'm not a gambler. I don't I like don't gambling. have any stocks either. No, me no. neither. It's all gambling. I mean, you can put money in long-term steady stuff, but all of this, oh, you know, you can get rich quick. It's all like, it's all, to me, Bitcoin is just a modern pump and dump scheme. And all of this shit, getting the people to buy crypto is just to drive the price up so that you can sell and make money. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it as any different. I think anyway. if you're, but as gamers, we always look for these things. And the, certainly the bandwagon effect of everyone saying that it's going to go up, well, all of them buying it makes it go up in the short term. But yeah, like five years down the line, 10 years down the line. Unless mm. you're going to constantly be gambling away every day. Well, as a gamer looking for things, I still can't figure out an easy way to make a billion dollars in farming <laughs> simulators. So you'll figure it out. No, I don't, don't think, think the economy boring. scales like that in this game. You know, it's like, it's just. 
it's just tough. It's tough out there, you know. It's, it's a tough world. Right, that is enough. We've done a long, we've done a long chat today. I, I need to get back to Total War. And, yeah, uh, I gotta my, go eat some. You gotta, you gotta go to multiplayer game against Greg Wallace at uh, at one. So you gotta get prepared for that. Yeah. 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 Then a harvester, which you'll, you've, I've never been disappointed. In never harvester. been disappointed. Greg in Wallace, twenty twenty four. Impressive. Breakfast, specifically the breakfast. What a champion! I didn't even know they did that, but. I was speaking of Greg uh, Wallace, I watched the uh, Inside the Factory episode recently where they make jelly beans. Really good one, by the way. You should watch it. <laughs> really? Yeah, we'll look that up. Yeah. Factory jelly beans. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, thanks, yeah. everyone. All right. Series we'll 8, episode time. 2. There you, yeah, there you go. There you go. Bye. 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 Bye.